So according to this clock here, it's 10 minutes after 9. So are there any questions? <laughs> no questions. Okay. Have a nice day. Nama Om Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Shimate Bhakti Vedanta Samin Itinamine Namaste Saraswate Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nivishesha Shunyavadi Paschatyadeshatarine Vancha Kalpatrubhyascha Kripasindrubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanevyo Vaishnavivyo Namo Nama Hare Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinabandu Jagatpati Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishavanu Sude Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shivasari Gauravaktavinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Daita Chandra Jaya Gauram Hakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Daita Chandra Jaya Gauravakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gauravakta Vrinda So we're we're reading from Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Antyalila uh, this will be verses 8 and 9 7 and 9 7 through 9 7 through 10 oh, ok oh yeah alright yes uh, this chapter is called the chastisement of junior haridas uh, that subject comes later in this chapter. Uh, first, uh, now we're hearing about the different ways that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appears uh, to the devotees. Mm. Uh, so, verse, we, <coughs> I'll read, um, yeah. I'll read the verses which have no purport, and then we'll come to number 10. 
maybe as a way of reminder because we do this once a week and uh, it's very much connected with what was um, there in the previous, uh, I suppose, was read last Sunday. Um, Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this is verses 5 and 6. Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu delivered almost all the fallen souls by directly meeting them. Uh, the term here is Sakshat Darshane. He delivered others by entering the bodies of great devotees, such as Nakula Brahmachari. Uh, and the technical word here is Avishta or Avesha. And he delivered still others by appearing before them, as in the case of Nrsinganda Brahmachari. And the technical term for this is Avir Bhava. I shall deliver the fallen souls. This is quoting Lord Chaitanya. This statement characterizes the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And then verse 7, when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was personally present, anyone in the world who met him, even once, was fully satisfied and became spiritually advanced. Now, this is beginning to elaborate on the first of these three categories. So, sakshat darshane. So, those who have uh, seen the Lord directly, completely satisfied. And then, every year, devotees from Bengal would go to, where did they go? Jagannath Puri, to meet Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and after the meeting, they would return to Bengal. Uh, I believe they would stay for something like two months, four months, yeah, four months. <laughs> that was, they had a four-month vacation every every year. <laughs> Similarly, people who went to Jagannath Puri from various provinces of India were fully satisfied after seeing the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And that was, yeah, verse 9, 8, 9. Okay, then 10. Uh, and this verse we can chant together. Shop. Deeper Loka Aro Nobokanda Vasi Shopta Deeper Loka Aro Nobokanda Vasi Deva Gandharva Kinnaramanusha Beshe Ashi Devagandharva kinnar manusha beshe ashi. Okay, so word for word. Shapta dipe loka. People from all of the seven islands within the universe. Aro and 
Navakandavasi, the inhabitants of the nine khandas, Deva, demigods, Gandharva, the inhabitants of Gandharvaloka, Kinnara, the inhabitants of Kinnaraloka, Manushabeshe, in the form of human beings, Ashi, which is short for Ashiya, coming. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Gijay. Translation. People from all over the universe, including the seven islands, the nine khandas, the planets of the demigods, Gandharvaloka and Kinnaraloka, would go there, means to Jagannath Puri, in the forms of human beings. Let's repeat. People from all over the universe, including the seven islands, the, the nine khandas, the planets of the demigods, Gandharvaloka and Kinnaraloka, would go there in the forms of human beings. From an for an explanation of Shaptadvipa, <clears throat> see Madhya Lila, chapter 20, verse 218, and Srimad Bhagavatam, 5th canto, chapter 16 and 20. In the Siddhanta Shiromani, chapter 1, called Goladhyaya, in the Bhuvana Kosha section, the nine khandas are mentioned as follows. Aindram kaseru sakalam kilatam raparnam anyatko ubas anyatgabastimatatascha kumarikakyam nagam chasam yam ihavarunam antyakandam gandharva sangyam iti bharata varshamadye and we have a translation for this verse. Within Bharatavarsha, there are nine khandas. They are known as one, Aindra, two, Kash, Kashara, uh, three, Tamra Parna, four, Gabastimat, five, Kumarika, six, Naga, seven, Somya, eight, Varuna, and nine, Gandharva. So we'll be testing you on this. No. That's the end of Prabhupada's purport to this verse. Uh, this is a, a bit of a, you can say, cosmic geographical interlude. Uh, and of course, uh, the, main, the main point we may say is that uh, the, the Lord is so attractive uh, that he is attracting people from all over the universe. And so they're coming uh, in disguise. Where else in the Chaitanya Charitamrita do we hear about this uh, activity going on? 
Yes, when Lord Chaitanya was born, even before he was born, wow, that's, that's attractive. <laughs> when someone's coming, uh, when they're coming even before he's born. Yes, when he was born, when he was a child, uh, then uh, they were coming to see the Lord and they were coming in disguise uh, because they were appearing as human beings, but actually... They were all these higher celestial beings, including Kinnara. Uh, Kim Nara. You know this word, Kim Nara. Shishirada Gopinath Ki Chai. Kim means what? And Nara means human. What sort of human? Uh, it may refer to uh, some ape-like beings. In any case, we, we get a geography uh, which we may not have experience of and which uh, people will, uh, some people will be amused by it. They will say, ah, yes, just see the fantasies uh, of these uh, Indians. Their fertile brains have created uh, these ideas. But another way to see it is uh, that um, there are uh, realms uh, which are beyond our powers of vision, our powers of sight. And indeed, in philosophy of science, uh, it's become more and more a, a simply acknowledged fact uh, that our senses are limited and our abilities to understand the universe are by nature, limited. They are by definition. Uh, and therefore, mm, our comprehension and therefore our powers of controlling, which has been a big aspiration of uh, science and technology over the last few centuries, uh, is limited. Uh, well, the subject here is, uh, is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearing He's appearing in three different ways. And what this is uh, explaining, what it's illustrating, you can say, um, is uh, the Sakshat Darshana way of appearing. Sakshat means? Direct, yeah. And Darshana? Seeing, yes. So, what are we having as we sit here? Uh, when we look this way, <laughs> what are we having? Sakshat darshan. Yes, you can say like that. But there's another sense of sakshat darshan here, and that is the Lord in his, we would say, physical. We have to be careful with the word physical because we also want to say spiritual. Uh, um, his embodied we don't want to say that either because that would sound like he's sometimes not embodied, but he is non-different from his body and so on. Uh, in any case, the Lord appears. And as Prabhupada would say, and I've mentioned this before here, uh, that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, unlike other avatars or other appearances of the Lord, has appeared within the memory of us all only 500 and some years ago, uh, within the memory of us all. We all remember 500 and some years ago, yes? Of course. 
<laughs> so, no problem. Um, so this kind of appearance, and then you could say that most of the Chaitanya Charitamrita is about this subject, about uh, the Sakshad Darshan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <clears throat> uh, and the, 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 the point that's being made with regard to uh, the Sakshad Darshan is what? When anyone would see uh, Lord Chaitanya, what was the result? Yeah, they would become satisfied and therefore devotees and therefore ecstatic. <laughs> uh, the word is krita artha. Uh, their their purpose uh, in life was was fulfilled. Hmm. Imagine seeing Lord Chaitanya. Imagine Lord Chaitanya would walk in the door suddenly. Huh? That would be. What would we do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might be finding ourselves showing ecstatic symptoms of being stunned, not so much in ecstasy, but in confusion and shock. Well, uh, the Lord appears and and performs his wonderful activities, uh, and um, this is yeah the subject of Chaitanya Charitamrita, but it, it goes beyond that. Uh, and so uh, we hear about, and we're going to get one example each uh, for each of these other types of appearing. So the first is Avesha, and the second is called Avirbhava. Uh, the example for uh, Avesha is going to be Nakula Brahmachari, and it seems that Ram, uh, Nakula Brahmachari was, in effect, possessed by Lord Chaitanya. That's often the used word, the word used uh, to translate avesha. Uh, the word avishta is used here. It's the same little grammatical difference. Uh, vish means to enter, and so avish avesha really entering into. Uh, and then possession, uh, the idea of being possessed. Sometimes um, we read of Prem Avesha, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was possessed by Prema. Uh, and that will be a major theme in later chapters of Antyalila. Mm. So Lord, uh, Lord Chaitanya, in this case, it's the other way around. He is somehow entering into Nakula Brahmachari. And as a result, he is displaying all sorts of um, ecstatic symptoms in s to such an extent that crowds of people are coming to see him, to have his darshan. Uh, and so they see him as an embodiment of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now there's going to be one person who is doubtful uh, about this, and he decides he wants to make a test. He's going to test. Uh, he's going to make a scientific test of whether this Nakula Brahmachari is really all that they're saying he is. And that's going to be Shivananda Sena. And his 
way of testing is he's going to come uh, to where Nakula Brahmachari is, but he's going to stay at a distant place, and his test is going to be, will he know or be aware that I'm present? Because uh, Sivananda Sena is an associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So if Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is within his body, then he's going to know, right? And furthermore, uh, he if it's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he's going to know his Diksha Mantra. Okay, so then he goes, and he stays at a distance, and sure enough, at one point, Krishna's Kaviraj tells us, Nakula Brahmachari tells the devotees near him, Shivananda Sena is here somewhere. Somewhere is Shivananda Sena. Where is he? Go get Shivananda Sena. <laughs> and Shivananda Sena hears this, and he's, oops, yep, must be. So he's called forward, and then uh, Nakula Brahmachari uh, reveals or confirms about the mantra. Does anyone know what the mantra is? Uh, yeah, it's called Gopal, Gaur Gopal. Very good. Uh, Gaur Gopal, which has four syllables. Do you, do you want to know what they are? Yeah? Well, I can't tell you because it's secret. <laughs> no, it's not secret. Srila Prabhupada gave it in a purport. <laughs> so it's four syllables. Go, rang, ang, Ga. Go ra anga. 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 <laughs> okay. So, so it's interesting that Krishna Das Kaviraj tells us about this test to confirm uh, what was. Uh, understood by so many people that this particular devotee was actually possessed um, by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There are, uh, some of you may know, uh, Srila Prabhupada had one godbrother, O.B.L. Kapoor, otherwise uh, Adi Keshava uh, Prabhu, but uh, he was somehow, with his books, he was known as O.B.L. Kapoor, his, his family name. And he was something of a scholar, um, and he also uh, he wrote about some of the more recent devotees uh, up into the 19th, I think, also uh, early 20th century, followers of Lord Chaitanya. And several of these, he claimed in his book, uh, that they were um, Avesha, um, you can say avatar, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we, we get a hint of this in Chaitanya Charitamrita, but the tradition continues that people are understood to be actually uh, uh, embodiments, you could say, of Lord Chaitanya. So that's interesting. Now there's going to be uh, also this Avir Bhava form, uh, and here the person referred to is Pradyumna Brahmachari, also known as Nrsingha Brahmachari. Um, 
the the the, the point about uh, avirbhava is it seems to be in a sense the other way around from the avesha. Uh, that is not to say that the devotee enters into Lord Chaitanya, but rather uh, the devotee engages in some devotional service which is so attractive to Lord Chaitanya that Lord Chaitanya appears there. Uh, and one example of this is that Lord Chaitanya would visit um, his mother, Sachimata. Um, apparently every day she would make this offering. And it's interesting that the, this, these accounts often have to do with offerings of boga. Indeed, the one about Singh Ananda Brahmachari uh, also has to do with that. Uh, he's making an offering, and um, he's making three plates, and then the Lord is eating all three of them. And, Brahma, and Rasinga Brahmachari is mm, rather annoyed about this. And then, <laughs> because some of it was supposed to be left for his guests, <laughs> at prasadam, but no, the Lord took everything. Uh, and then, sometime later, again, the devotees go to, um, to Puri, and they meet Lord Chaitanya. And at one point, Lord Chaitanya is talking about Nrsinghananda Brahmachari, and he confirms that indeed he had come and taken that offering. So again, we get a kind of confirmation, sort of, of the mystical ways of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, so these appearances uh, of the Lord, multiple forms of appearance are there. Uh, now, I mentioned this word possession, and uh, I don't know if we should talk about these things with Halloween coming up in a couple of days. <laughs> but uh, it is a subject that keeps the audience awake. <laughs> And I thought to say something uh, on this subject a little bit uh, in relation to modern times. That is to say about beliefs, about possession. Uh, in America, uh, there are so many uh, survey organizations. They do uh, polling of people and their, their beliefs. So we have a bit of statistics here. Uh, Three-fourths of Americans claim to have at least one belief in the paranormal. Paranormal, something beyond what is considered normal. For example, ESP, extrasensory perception, uh, and so on. This was from a, um, a survey in 2005. Or uh, another type of belief people have is in haunted houses and ghosts. Mm. Uh, Three-fourths of Americans in 21st century America. That's interesting. 49% of Americans said they had a religious or mystical experience. And how is this defined? as, quote, a moment of sudden religious insight or awakening. 49, almost 50% of people have had some kind of experience like this. Uh, 
29% felt in touch with someone who had died, according to a 2009 survey. Uh, here's another about ghosts. 42% of adults in the United States say that they believe in ghosts. Believe in ghosts. 36%. This is fun. 36% say they believe in UFOs. 29% believe in astrology. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what to make of that. Um, there was a study done at University of California, Los Angeles, uh, called Spirituality in Higher Education. And uh, they found that although um, college students, university students, religious activities tended to slide... Uh, but their spiritual interests increased. So, college preaching, kijai. <laughs> now, um, okay, some statistics, whatever it's worth, um, it shows there is some, some sense that there's something going on beyond what we can see. I think it would be interesting to have a similar similar surveys done in India and maybe China and maybe Belgium. <laughs> uh, but I don't have such numbers here. Something I read just a couple of days ago, a strange, uh, a strange sort of phenomenon is going on since recent times in Sweden. And only in Sweden. And that's what they call resignation syndrome. Young children of immigrants, of re refugees. Uh, some, some children become completely withdrawn to the extent that they have to be fed you know, through, through, with liquid through the nose or something like this. Completely withdrawn, completely inactive, uh, as if only, only sleeping, they won't move, they won't do anything. And for some of these children, this goes on for weeks at a time. And the, the doctors, you know, they're all completely clueless. They don't know what this is. So many theories are there, are there. Generally, they're saying it seems to be a result of, of trauma uh, because these children have undergone um, many times great trauma uh, before or during uh, coming to the country. But another strange thing is, this is only in, it's reported only in Sweden. <laughs> what, why is, yeah, why is that? Another sort of possession which I've found fascinating uh, is um, practiced in South India, in Kerala. Uh, there is a tradition of dance, of uh, a type of dance called teyam. I may have told about this sometime. Probably have. Did I sometime? No. Uh, teyam dancing. 
this is performed by uh, performers who are from what what would be called outcast groups. Um, but during the time that they're doing their performances, they are worshipped by Brahmins. And then after the dance is over, they're outcasts again. Yeah. <laughs> but these 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 uh Tayam dancers, they have extremely elaborate costumes that take hours to prepare, including uh, the makeup on their face and sometimes huge, huge um crowns, quite heavy. And uh, they'll be performing uh, of different deities. Uh, there's an account that I read of one Tayam dancer who was, um, he would, his specialty apparently was Vishnu. He would uh, become Vishnu. And just before it was time for him to go out uh, of the dressing room onto the stage. These are performed outdoors, so just in a clearing outdoors. Just before uh, he's ready to go, uh, he looks in a mirror, and as he looks in the mirror, he starts shaking, and and then he knows it's time. <laughs> and then for the next sometimes two hours, he will go into uh, a very intensive uh, dancing and and also speaking, and this is very typical. You'll find this in different parts of the world that people who are possessed uh, become, um, how to say, they will be asked questions. Uh, so they're they're predicting the future or they're telling something about a person, and people will say that what these these people say are true. Uh, and but the the point here is this is an example of what's ca uh, called induced possession. Uh, there are other examples I've heard of one lady who every Friday afternoon at one o'clock becomes possessed uh, as Durga, and people come and it's scheduled, you know, and she's there and she'll speak to them as as Durga. So these things go on. In the case of the Tayam dancer, when it's all over, he kind of settles down and he's no longer possessed. He can no longer remember what happened. So an interesting question about all of this is, what's going on? And this is, of course, a question that anthropologists have, uh, have tried to deal with and psychologists, and so on. But we may ask ourselves uh, from our understanding, philosophical understanding, uh, what could this mean? Uh, we're, we, we, we see that there are individual souls, and then there's, what is this? A second soul is coming in to the body and taking over, and what's happening to the first soul? What's going on? Uh, this is uh, this is strange. So uh, the point I want to make, of course, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita about the soul. He says it's very wonderful. Ascharyavat paschati kaschadena. Those who you know look at or try to understand the soul, they say, "Oh, ascharyavat, this is very wonderful." <laughs> what can be said? 
it is wonderful. Uh, but another point to make, it seems to me, is that the soul is indeed not what we think it is. Even we say it is not the body. Uh, but that's, that's not all that it's not. <laughs> of course, what is it? We understand it, the eternal servant of the Lord. Uh, but what is that? How does, how does that work? Well, that's not something we just can you know, think about and understand. How do we understand? We understand by, by realization. And what is that realization? It's by service. And what sort of service? Especially, it's uh, the service of chanting the holy name. And here I wanted to share with you uh, a wonderful song from Bhaktivinoda Thakur in which he uh, seems to be uh, speaking about a condition of possession, in a sense, by the holy name, by the Lord as the holy name. This comes at the very end of his Sharanagati. After the sort of Sharanagati proper, then he has a section of several songs called called Bhajana Lalasa, uh, and then he has another section of songs called Siddhalalasa. And finally, after all of these, uh, he, he concludes with one single, I'll find it, here it is. He concludes with one, no, that's the Prasad Seva, that'll be, uh, <laughs> he concludes with one song, I, I marked it. And that song is, uh, it's, it, it's called Sri Nama Mahatmya, the glories of the holy name. And in this song, he's seeming to describe the full extent of the success of having undergone Sharanagati and having uh, fulfilled his longing for bhajana and for siddha, for perfection. Uh, so I thought we can read uh, some of this. It's it's a song with eight verses. Um, I won't read the whole thing. Verse number two, the holy name speaks from within my heart, moves onto the tip of my tongue, and constantly dances on it, on the tongue, in the form of transcendental sound. My throat becomes choked up, my body shivers again and again, and my feet cannot remain still. (laughs) So I think it's interesting, he's saying the holy name, where is it? It doesn't start at the tongue, or it doesn't start, it starts in the heart, and then it moves uh, on to the tip of my tongue. He says, Hridoi hoite bole, jifar Ogrete chole shabdarupe nache anukkan. And then he speaks about rivers of tears flowing in his eyes and perspiration, all of these symptoms of uh, sattvika uh, bhava. Uh, then he says, My mind grows faint. I begin to experience devastation, pralaya. And my entire body is shattered in a flood of ecstatic emotions. Imagine. (laughs) 
That's what we're aiming for, isn't it? <clears throat> then he says, uh, uh, skipping one verse, number five, such is the behavior of him in whom I have taken shelter. I am not capable of describing all this. The holy name of Krishna is independent and thus acts on his own sweet will. It's, it's, we say the Nama Prabhu. Huh? So the Nama Prabhu is Prabhu, is the, is the Lord, and he acts on his own sweet will. In whatever way he, he becomes happy, that is also my way of happiness. Uh, and then he talks about uh, the holy name as a flower, which is a bud, and then it's blooming. And in verse 7 he says, Purna prakashita hoya braje more jai loya dekai more sharup vilas. Blossoming fully, the flower of the holy name takes me to Braja and reveals to me his own love dalliance. This name gives to me my own eternal spiritual body. Sharupa Vilas keeps me right by Krishna's side and completely destroys everything related to this mortal frame of mine. So he's possessed by the holy name and then the holy name destroys the material body. Are you sure you want to continue with this chanting Hare Krishna? <laughs> Maybe have some second thoughts. And finally, he says, Krishna nama chintamani akila rashera kani nitya mukta shuddha rasamoy. The name of Krishna is a transcendental touchstone, a mine of all devotional mellows. Uh, it is eternally liberated and the embodiment of pure rasa. Namer balai joto shabaloje hoi hoto. When all impediments, all obstacles to the pure chanting of the holy name are taken away and destroyed, then my happiness will know its true awakening. Well, it's interesting because uh, the whole song he's describing as if this is all already happening. But then at the very end, it's more like, I can't wait till this is going to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a bit ambiguous. Anyway, such, uh, what I want to say is, such possession, to be possessed in that way, uh, this is our program. Uh, not to be possessed by ghosts, not to be possessed, uh, not just to believe in ghosts, not to... Certainly not to have resignation syndrome uh, or uh, to become temporarily possessed like the Tayam dancers of South India. Um, none of that. We want the eternal uh, condition of possession in which the devotee also has the sense of mamata, mamata, has two senses, a material sense in which one is thinking 
these various possessions are mine, and the spiritual sense of uh, very exalted devotion in which one feels the Lord is mine. Krishna is mine. So one is possessed by the Lord, and also one possesses the Lord. And of course, that is what we see in the case of Mother Yashoda. She is possessing the Lord, and the Lord uh, is agreeing to be possessed by her to a certain extent. <laughs> uh, yes. So I will stop here and say thank you all very much. I want to thank all the Radhadeshbasis for tolerating me the last few weeks. Um, and uh, I look forward to coming back uh, as soon as soon as possible, which will mm, not be so soon. We'll see. When Krishna allows me to come, when Shishi Radha Gopinath allow me to come. Hare Krishna. Grantara Shi Chaitanya Charit Amrita Ki. Srila Prabhupada Ki. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur Ki. Ananta Gotti Vaishnavarinda Ki. Gaur Premanande. Hare Krishna.